it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Hey, girl, here we go. Here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon, fired up to bring you just an absolute embarrassment of radio riches. You talk about a top shelf content in a bottom feeding political world. Well, today is that day because Chadwick Moore who joined me last night on Gutfeld, returns to the studio. (laughs) Crowd's fired up about that. And we're also going to get into a grown-up chat. Uh, We're on the line with Tom Bevan from Real Clear Politics. Of course, your calls, texts, tweets, carrier pigeons. You're all welcome in this radio house of ill repute. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are. No, ma'am. You could be a Republican, you could be a Democrat. The only thing we ever ask, ever, is that you don't be a That is all. Happy, happy Thursday. And it's going to be a banger. Uh, if you watched me last night on Gutfeld, uh, thank you, man. It's really, really awesome. Like, everybody who sends a note, everybody who checks in, even the ones that are like, nice jacket, you slob. Like, I don't, listen, I don't mind that, okay? The good, the bad, the everything in between. That boy is a P-I-G pig. <laughs> I got a few of those. Uh, but no, the point is, if, you, if you're just a part of it, Okay, the whole thing I'm trying to do, you understand this, okay? It's like, I care. I'm new to the media. I'm new to all of this exposure and these big shows and these late-night programs. Tonight I'm on with Sean Hannity right there in the studio. He's millions of people watching. It's so exciting. But, like, I have a mission. Like, the mission is I'm trying to, like, as a guy who grew up at a time when everybody had, like, a collective investment in the country, like, I'm trying to kind of reestablish that currency. I'm not, as you know, trying to, like, swing elections. I'm not, like, an activist. Like, that takes energy. You got to get up. You got to go to, like, rallies and stuff. You got to fight with people on social media. Would you stop it? My only formal training for this career is the last three decades I've spent eating way too much delivery food. I swallowed a lot of aggression along with a lot of pizzas. <laughs> pizzas. But the thing that makes it so exciting for me is, like, to be a regular dude uh, like you guys uh, and be out here on that weird mission. So you guys who tune in are actually a part of that mission, whether it's on the radio, whether it's on TV, whether it's on Fox Nation. Uh, the point is you're responding to content that's designed, you know, with everyone in mind. It's not like a partisan one-note, screw you, you know. I'm really just trying to appeal to common sense kind of elevate the country a little bit and give us back common culture. That's why even last night on Gutfeld, you know, we did a lot of stories that really just do affect all of us. It wasn't just like, how does this affect the 2024 Republican nomination? We didn't do any of that because I don't care. Okay, my job is not to control the outcome of anything. Okay, all I'm trying to do is give people back just a little bit, just a tiny sliver of common culture. Do you remember those moments where you would just put your differences aside for like an hour to watch a ball game or an hour to watch a late night show and you could just be a person, laugh, don't laugh, agree, disagree, but you could shut it off. You didn't have to be on, you know, notice, ready to pounce and get in a fight. 
ready to clap back, ready to own somebody. No, you're just there. It's mindless. Just tune in. Have a laugh. That helps the country more than any political point you're going to share on social media, more than any fight you're going to get in. Hey, you got to see it my way. That doesn't help. Okay, what helps is getting everybody to calm down. So if you tune into the show every day or you watch me on TV every night, I mean it. Like, thank you. You are helping. Again, I am new enough that I care. Okay, it's exciting that people know who you are on the streets and everything. You know, people come up to me all the time. They're like, oh, my God, I didn't know Chris Farley had an identical twin. I'm kidding. But <laughs> just they're like, stop eating. You know, I, you know, I have that guy that follows me around between TV hits to make sure I stop eating. Put that cookie down now. But the point is I care. And everybody who consumes this type of content on some level, you care too. So thank you. I, you know, it's the easiest way to get back to all your notes and messages, and I will respond to them individually as well. But if you're tuning into this every day, it's because you care and that you get, you can still make a difference in this political climate, not by fighting harder than your opponents, but by getting everybody to chill out and stop for a little bit. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? There it is. So with that said, on this big Thursday broadcast, as we shove off into the high seas of radio, it is a mess out there in the world, man. You know, they always say in horse racing, the Kentucky Derby's coming up. I was talking to Bill Hemmer about that yesterday. Hemmer's going to the Derby. He's all excited. He's, he's pumped up. He, he's, he sounds a little too excited. Like, he might be the guy. He might hop the fence. And, you know, people run onto the track and chase the horses, those guys that get drunk in the bonnets, you know, drinking too many of those drinks. Uh, Hemmer might actually be the kind of guy, because he's talented. He might jump the fence and steal the bugle. But the old adage in horse racing is what? It's that you got to be a mutter. If you want to win, if you want to have a successful career, you've got to be able to run on a sloppy track as well as a clean turf, you know, if you want to win. Because there are some days where the elements are going to be beyond your control, so you've got to be able to run in that mud. Well, my radio show was launched on March 9th of 2020, so it has been a mutter <laughs> every day, every day since we crack this microphone on March the 9th of 2020. <laughs> Pandemics. Okay, BLM riots, a pretty contentious election is you name it, just mudding on. Okay, and now we've gotten to this place where the divide really is toxic. Like, I'll share my opinion. And if you disagree with this opinion, call in, man, 888-788-9910. Okay, you're allowed to disagree. This is not a show where I need to be right. It's not the omnipotent talk show hour. I went to community college. I'm 45. I play video games. Okay, I should not be in charge. No, ma'am. That's true. That is true. Okay, but what's going on at the White House right now, and this has kind of been the big point of contention in the news cycle the last couple of weeks, is obviously we had the Bud Light thing where they came out and put Dylan Mulvaney on the side of a beer can and made, you know, the trans identity politics lane the face of the brand. That's stupid. Use your common sense. I think you'd have to agree with R. Kelly on that one. <laughs> it was, uh, they, I know, they said this was, you know, it's going to raise all kinds of money for Bud Light. They lost about six million bucks. OK, but over on MSNBC, and I want to talk about this. OK, we've had a recent spat in this country of just bad shootings. We don't have all the facts. We don't know that they're racially motivated. We don't actually know what the contributing factors were. But you've read stories of a 
kid showing up to the wrong house and getting shot and, you know, out in, out there in Missouri. Okay, you've read about these stories, and without any of the facts, MSNBC went out yesterday and tried to make the point that we know this shootings are going up. People are more violent in society because, you know, the backlash to that Bud Light commercial has everyone on edge. The media is a bunch of losers. Are they ever? Because the point they're trying to make in that moment is so psychotic, but it's why we are as divided as we are, is people are really willing to say anything now, just anything. Like they get hair and makeup, which you have time. Like before you go on TV, they somebody looks at your hair, somebody gives you a little bit of makeup. I mean, in my case, my ooh, yo, I walk into that makeup chair, they look at me and they're like, this could be a problem. But they work on it. Okay, time goes by and they get you out. And I'm, I'm usually... I'd like to say standard definition pretty by the time I hit the airwaves. All right, whatever. Well, if you watch it in, like, black and white, I'm still pretty decent. All right, well, anyway, the point is they work hard, so don't blame this on the makeup people. But that being said, okay, people get on the air now, and a lot of cable news, okay, a lot of it, CNN, MSNBC, it's confirmation bias. And what I mean beyond confirmation bias is they're selling self-righteousness to people who already have a lot of it. People turn on MSNBC to be told they're better than the middle of the country. It's the only people watching. It's the coastal elites. New York, California, D.C. Beltway, turn it on every night. Tell me why I'm better than those white people in the middle of the country. Tell me why I'm better than those white people in the southern parts of the country. That's kind of the hook every night. They're racist. They're stupid. Now they went after Bud Light, and it sparked a... Wave of shootings around the country is what would happen. That is a fact check false. But here is Stuart Stevens, a man who presumably got hair on makeup, okay, trying to make the case that we're in this position with a couple of shootings, one not related to the other. No one in any of them is involved with anyone in the other shootings. They don't know each other. We don't have any case history or understanding or data that says these people are even aware of the Bud Light marketing campaign or the backlash to it. Okay, we don't know that. We don't know. No one said like, hey, get off my lawn. I just saw a Bud Light tweet. You're going down. That didn't happen. Okay, but with a straight face, they're trying to make the case to the people who just want to feel better about themselves. Okay. That, well, you know, they're doing over there on the right. They got mad at Bud Light. Now, look, people are dying. That's what's going on. This is crazy. Do you understand what the Bud Light backlash is? Not even close. Not even a little. But they don't care because over at MSNBC, you're all Tony Montana to them. Remember in Scarface, the movie Scarface, Pacino stands up at the end of the movie and he's like, you need people like me. You need people like me so you can point your fingers and say that's the bad guy. That's what he says. Okay, well, when it comes to MSNBC, they need people like you so they can point their fingers and say that's the bad guy. But they don't say bad guy in MSNBC. They would never gender. They'd say it's the bad them or the bad they. But the point is, okay, they need people like you. Here is Stuart Stevens. This is all said with a straight face, by the way, okay? This is something he had time to think about. You don't just go on TV. You're not like walking down the street and they're like, hey, you're on TV. No, no, no. Okay? He knew he would be commenting on these stories. He had a moment to get hair and makeup to connect with the broadcast so they could hear him okay, so he could hear the program okay. These are steps that are taken before you're live on the air just to make sure everything's running correctly. The point I'm trying to make is this man had plenty of opportunities to say to himself, maybe this shouldn't come out of my mouth. 
Okay, but he did not. He did not indulge any of those opportunities. Here it is, clip four. What is your reaction to this latest round of gun violence? Look, I think there's a direct line between um, a culture of fearfulness, where people who live in a world in which they feel threatened by Instagram posts or a beer label, when you stoke that kind of fear, that sort of paranoia, it just rips apart any sort of civic bond between people. And there's a deep sickness here that goes beyond just guns. Um, it, it goes to this culture of fear. And really, I mean, I hate to say this, I worked at the Republican Party a lot of years. It really is the home of the fearful now, not the home of the brave. And there's nobody inside the Republican Party except for a few people who are speaking out on this. And at the heart of it, it's because they don't really have a positive, positive, a pol positive policy agenda. There's really nothing that they're out there that they can say that they're for. And so it becomes about trying to maximize their predominantly white vote, which is a fear and grievance based uh, tactic. That was absolutely dreadful. I mean, seriously, dude. What would you do with a brain if you had one? That was, I mean, oh my goodness gracious. Let's just itemize this really quick. I mean, first of all, what a loser. Correct the mundo. Second of all, okay, the Republican Party, there's nothing they can say they're for? Okay, what does the Republican Party say they're for every day under this administration? Okay. Boost our domestic energy production so we're not empowering dictators around the world, killing our economy, and selling us out to China on the world stage. You say this all the time. Hey, boost energy production. Hey, secure the border. Hey, support the cops. Hey, stop mandating people to get a vaccine. We don't know whether or not it works long term. Hey, you know what I'm saying? We do all this constantly, constantly. Secure the border. Support the cops. Don't force Gender reassignment surgeries on five-year-old kids, okay? We're for a lot of things. Low taxes, low crime, okay? But they weaponize emotion on the Democratic side of the aisle. It's always an exercise in projection. You know, the Republicans, they're not running on anything, says the guy who just claims, you know, we're all a bunch of racists. We're just catering to white people, and we're selling them fear. Okay, the Bud Light thing isn't about fear. Nobody fears Dylan Mulvaney. Guy weighs 35 pounds. Now, stop it. Dylan Mulvaney is, uh, you know, somebody like we kind of think is silly. We think he's absurd. We're not scared. Okay, we just wanted to drink beer so we could get away from people like Dylan Mulvaney, meaning identity politics. Beer was an escape for us. Beer was a safe space because we just get tired. That's the whole point of having a beer. It's like we're done with the garbage. We're going to blow off some steam. But the point is when they infiltrated that space – and insulted the Bud Light audience by saying they were fratty and out of touch. Okay, they have every right to walk away from Bud Light in that moment. But they're not doing it because they're scared. They're doing it because they have three billion other beer options that don't talk down to them. Bingo. Okay, but when he says things like, oh, you know, they're dividing the culture. Really? We're dividing the culture? You know, the president of the United States said MAGA Republicans were semi-fascists? He said voter ID was Jim Crow on steroids? This is Jim Crow on steroids, what they're doing in, in Georgia. Nothing, I don't know, divisive there?
Start shaming the unvaccinated? Not getting vaccines. It's time to start shaming them. Because frankly, we know that we can't trust the unvaccinated. F*** them, f*** their freedom. I want my freedom to live. No, screw your freedom. You're a schmuck for not wearing a mask. We have to stop coddling the morons who will not get the shot. Shame on you. So I started this hour by saying, hey, if you really want to help the country, just chill out. Take the edge off. Have a beer. Even if it is a bubble. I don't even care at this point. Just calm down. That's all I would ask. But I need to amend that statement. Because if you really want to help the com- country, not only do you need to calm down, but, yo, Stuart Stevens, it would also help if you just stop being so full of You're listening to the most addictive show on the radio. This is crack, rock cocaine. It isn't glamorous. Or cool for kids stuff. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Cudlow on Fox Business is now on the go for podcast fans. Get key interviews with the biggest business newsmakers of the day. The Cudlow Podcast will be available on the go after the show every weekday at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Let me play you one more sound clip. It's Fox Across America, the high-flying, death-defying Fox Across America. The show started on 27 stations. We're like 150 now around the country, all in. It's pretty wild, man. Uh, but one of the reasons why is, you know, it's good vibe, man. I always say I sound like I'm getting paid in Tide Pods and cheap tequila. Uh, but I will have you know, with all the TV appearances I've been making, uh, we're getting better tequila these days. Well, we're moving on there it is. Bang! Anyway, stop the party for a second because I got to jump back in on this. Okay, we keep the mood light. We don't, you know, try to get you mad or anything like that. Okay, but there is a comment that's <laughs> just made in Congress a little while ago about the trans debate we're going to get into, and the basic Democratic premise now is this debate is traumatizing for the trans community, so we should just shut up and let them get their way. Play this one, thanks. This mere debate has traumatized trans kids and their families across the country. 85% of transgender and non-binary youth say that the debates around anti-trans bills have negatively impacted their mental health. Shut up! Will you shut up? This debate, just the debate alone is traumatizing. So we should just stop having the debate and give us our way. No, that's not how it works. You know who else is traumatized? Are you ready for it? The biological woman who now has a biological man pulling out his junk in her locker room. Yeah. You know, this is traumatized. The girl who busted her ass to compete in athletics her whole life. And now she loses out on a medal to a biological man. Okay, there's plenty of trauma on all sides of the aisle, you jerk. Really, so many people just full of it, dude. Nuts.
Walks Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a host that tells you way too much. We just had a really funny moment on the operational side of the show where Justin Wolner, who's kind of a folk hero on the show, he comes in and works the board and fills in. You hear he's on the rundown. People they get excited. They get excited. It's a big deal. Okay. So I wanted to play because I want to talk about this transgender athlete issue because we have an update. Someone from ESPN weighed in. Uh, and to be honest with you, they, they weighed in with a with a legitimate, respectable intellectual take, which you don't get a lot of over at ESPN when it comes to controversial issues in sports these days. But we do have one and we'll get to it in a second. But the point is, I wanted to set the table for the discussion by playing our epic song parody of Rambling Man uh, by the Allman Brothers. You know, Lord, when I was born, I was a man. Now I'm a woman and swimming as fast as I can. That's the joke. It's a song parody. It's goofy, stupid, me trying to lighten the mood. But it's just it's filling in. Uh, you know, knowing we label these things different ways, I had just said, hey, when we come back from commercial, play Ramblin' Man. And me thinking he knew that meant the song parody. Uh, actually, <laughs> we came back from break to the actual song Ramblin' Man. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? And it was just so perfect because then we still got the, we still got, we still got the song in, did we not, ladies and gentlemen? Yes, we did. Okay, well, you're not going to cheer for what comes next. So listen to this. Okay, Leah Thomas, who, again, we have no ill will towards. Go do your thing. You know what I'm saying? You want to jump in that pool in a women's swimsuit with a little bulge at the bottom? What the hell did you just say? The point is, whatever you want to do, you want to swim, you swim. Okay. But Leah Thomas, who is a biological male, who was ranked 432nd in the country as a male, switched over to a woman and became number one in a matter of minutes. That's not right. It's not right. It's not because we're anti-trans. It's because we're pro-women. Okay, everybody trying to make the case like Republicans are trying to deny trans kids access to sports. Uh, That's not true. Okay, if you're trans, if you want to compete against a biology that's not your own, you should just be in a division with other people like yourself. I'm telling you, that boy's a genius. That's what you should do. Take, let's have a trans. Male athletes, female athletes, trans athletes. Why? Because then everyone is competing on a level playing field. The whole point of Title IX was that women would have an equal opportunity to compete. Okay, now the left is trying to turn it into title nine inches. Okay, and it shouldn't work that way because it's unfair to women. But nobody on the left will say, yeah, we'll just create a trans division. I mean, what could be more empowering than that? They say, no, they shouldn't be othered. You can't just other them like that, which I disagree with. We have a special Olympics where tremendous athletes in much better shape than me would kick my ass and probably every event in the Special Olympics compete, and they have their whole Olympics. And it's wonderful, and we cheer them on. My grandmother, who was a double amputee late in life, I used to go to the Special Olympics. Uh, Ronald Reagan, when he was the president, spoke at Mitchell Field, which is right by Nassau Community College. When I was a little kid, I got to meet Ronald Reagan. It's probably the highlight of my life. It's a big deal. So the point is, uh, we didn't take that and demand one way or the other, you know, that everybody compete in the same division. 
And it's not a slight to Special Olympians, to be honest with you. They're showing more courage, more dedication and determination than the rest of us. Okay, but when it comes to this trans debate, there's a twofold issue here. One, it's happening at the expense of women. Okay, two, it's happening around a straw man argument when it comes to the biological differences between men and women. Okay, because the people on the left are claiming, they are claiming, there are no differences biologically between men and women. And that it's fair to let a biological male compete against a woman. You can't handle the truth! So ESPN anchor Samantha Ponder. Okay, I want to give her so much credit for this, man. Because over at ESPN, it's, you know, they, they always joke. They call Sports Center Woke Center. Because when it comes to sociopolitical issues, they just go to whatever the furthest left position is. Now everybody's racist. Now nah, defund the cops. They're the worst. So what? They're protecting the sporting events that we cover. <laughs> what does that mean? Screw them. <laughs> yeah, that was my favorite thing about the national anthem. We're not slighting the troops. Just the cops that are in the stadium that we're kneeling in front of that we're counting on to protect us so we can make $20 million a year to play a children's game. We're not slighting anybody but the people protecting us <laughs> so we can make $20 million to play a children's game. Because who needs these guys? Am I right? You know what I mean? I mean, really think about that. But stick with me because ESPN always gravitates to the furthest position to the left. Okay, it's why Will Kane is on Fox News. For real. Will Kane is here because he's brilliant. I just a superior intellect. I got to be honest with you. It's pretty, you know, pretty easy on the eyes. Hubba, hubba. Okay. And uh, the point is, it's just great. It's a brilliant guy. He's funny. He's smart. And uh, he saw through the fraud of the woke left and their infiltration of sports. Because what the left does is they lead with emotions. Their emotions are their facts. So they tell you, well, men should compete against women. And if you don't think that's fair, you're a transphobe. These guys are the worst. Let's get them, everybody. But when it comes to the actual facts, you know, the old adage, when you have the facts, pound the facts, when you have nothing, pound the table. The Democrats are pounding the table so hard because the facts are there are vast biological differences between men and women. Only girls can be the mummies. Only boys can be the daddies. Yes, sir. So anyway, okay, Riley Gaines, who was a swimmer with Leah Thomas in college. Riley Gaines, it says Leah Thomas exposed himself to the women in the locker room where they were now allowed to get changed in together. What the hell is the world coming to? Because it's not okay, and it doesn't make me a transphobe. It's not okay. Biological men should not be getting undressed in front of non-consenting biological women. And we all agreed on this like an hour ago. It's only a point of contention now because we live in such a hyper-partisan time, just an intellectually lazy time, where we're willing to abandon any objective truth just because our political opponent is embracing it. Everyone on earth knows men can't get pregnant. Can't get pregnant. Okay, where's the baby coming out of? What's it coming out of? Okay, because it doesn't sound pleasant no matter what our options are. I'm going to be honest, fellas. doesn't end good for us. Okay, not that childbirth is club med for the ladies, because, God, I've been there for it and you're heroes for going through it. But the point is, okay, it is a absurdity to suggest a man could give birth to a baby because it can't happen. Okay, 
physically impossible. It's like a woman picking out a good movie. Very rare chance of that happening. Love you, Jenny. But the point is, the Democrats have embraced what we all know to be an obvious lie because it's a political wedge issue. And they want to run in this narrative that anyone questioning biology or anyone embracing biology is actually just a transphobe who wants to kill these people. Because for the Democrats, transphobia is the new racism. Okay, racism doesn't have the same sting anymore because they've exhausted it in so many forums that now they just yell transphobia in hopes it'll scare people into compliance. Well, for a long time, it did. They created a vast gap between what people believed and what they were willing to say publicly. But now people are willing to speak up because they realize women are literally getting the shaft here. So Riley Gaines, okay, had reacted to a video from Leah Thomas. Leah Thomas talking about how they have every right to be competing. We've got to protect transgender kids. We can't deny them access to sports. Okay, here is the Leah Thomas quote. Okay, it is because it's so bananas. Okay, it is clip eight. My name is Leah Thomas. I'm a transgender woman, a former college swimmer, and the first trans athlete to be named Division I NCAA champion. I started swimming when I was five years old. It has taught me so much. It has given me so many opportunities to learn, grow, develop, and connect with my peers. Opportunities that I wouldn't have gotten if I didn't have access to athletics. That's why it breaks my heart to see trans kids across the country lose out on these opportunities. The Department of Education has proposed a new rule for Title IX regarding transgender athletes. This rule would prohibit blanket bans on transgender kids, especially in grades K through eight. However, it would not prohibit discrimination against trans kids in the high school and college levels under the guise of competitive fairness. I mean, let's just talk about this for a second because it's- it's, This is ridiculous. Okay, no one is saying trans kids can't play sports play against other trans kids, just like boys play against boys, girls play against girls. If you're going to not be a boy or not be a girl, you're going to be a pretend. You have every right to pretend. Pretend you're whatever you want. You're not that thing, and I don't hate you for pretending. You can pretend this is America. Whole point of America, I say it every day, e pluribus unum, out of many, one, which means we can all do our own thing. Freedom! But we're not supposed to be doing it at the expense of everybody else. So when Leah Thomas tries to make this straw man argument, oh, trans kids are being denied. No, no, go play. But you want to know why they won't just give them their own division? Because we'd all accept that. We would all accept that. And all of us accepting that, okay, exposes them because their whole fraud, their whole scam over the intolerant right goes away. You see, they don't want to solve this problem. They want to run on this problem. He knows what he's talking about. That's what's going on here. Problem goes away tomorrow. Every Republican on earth, that, you know, that's, that's the issue. If we say, hey, give them their own division, let them go play. Woo, here we go, play ball. Okay, understand. Then it's the end of the issue for them. And then they can't run and say, oh, they're a bunch of transphobes. They hate them. They're going to kill them. It's going to be a spike in hate crimes. People are killing themselves because of these Republicans because they just hate them so much. They're like, screw it. I'll kill myself first before the Republicans kill me instead. That's what's going on. That's the hook here. They want to run on the myth, on the myth, that we're all intolerant. Democrats are so full of crap. Totally. Okay, but that's the scam here. So to her credit, Samantha Ponder called called out on the ridiculousness. Okay, Riley Gaines... 
who spoke out against Leah Thomas competing, biological men competing against women, and was assaulted at San Francisco State University, locked into a classroom and held for ransom, responded to that Leah Thomas video by saying, are you really trying to say you would have won a national title against the men? Does it not break your heart to see women lose out on these opportunities? The Biden administration's proposed bill denies science, truth, and common sense. Biden sucks. And she's right. Okay, and she said to Leah Thomas, give me a break. You saying you would have won a national title against the men? No, you would have even qualified. Will Thomas was ranked 432nd. So what if he got an opportunity to swim in the nationals? The answer would be no. Forget whether or not he would have beat the men. He would have been invited to compete at that ranking. But he shows up in a one-piece bathing suit, hops in that pool, and he's a gold medalist right to the podium. Why? Because biological men have a huge advantage over women. So to her credit, over at ESPN, Samantha Ponder also reacted to that video, saying this would take away so many opportunities for biological women and girls in sports. It's a shame that we are needing to fight for the integrity of Title IX in 2023, and the reason it was needed in the first place, save women's sports. I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit. It's basically what she's saying. But the Democrats, who want you to believe we're the party of women, the Republicans, oh, they hate the women is what it is. Get out of our, our body, our choice. You know, unless there's a vaccine involved, in which case, you know, <laughs> you have you have no sound. I don't want to hear a word about for your body, your choice. What are you talking about? Not getting vaccines. It's time to start shaming them. Because, frankly, we know that we can't trust the unvaccinated. <laughs> Listen to those MSNBC pundits, because, again, my body, my choice. Frankly, we can't trust the unvaccinated, meaning it's not your body. It's not your choice. Would you shut up? That's who they are. They're full of it. But you understand when it comes to this situation, they have been able to wage a social pressure campaign that was relentless, where they're just screaming that you're a transphobe and a murderer and a killer and there's going to be a spike in suicides and it's all your fault. So let the boys swim with the girls. Thankfully, there are still some people out there like Samantha Ponder with the integrity to stand up for women. Because the party of women abandoned them a long time ago. The Democrats are not the party of women. They're the party of Democratic women. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. That's the issue. Democratic women, even if they happen to be men, (laughs) pretending to be Democratic women. That's what's going on here. Yeah, we're the party of women. No, no, listen. It really takes balls to stand up the way Samantha Ponder has to the outrage mob, especially at a place like ESPN. It takes balls, and not the kind of balls we're talking about at the women's swim meet. Ah, you have a good eye, my man. Tackling issues of the day in an easy way. He's all man. He's a big, strong-looking guy. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America. Your main man, Jimmy Fallon, doing the damn thing on a Thursday. If you watched me on Gutfeld last night, we'll post the clips on the Fox Across America website. It'll also be on the Fox Across America Facebook page, uh, where you can also watch last night's appearance on Waters World. 
where you'll eventually be able to watch tonight's appearance on the Sean Hannity Show. I'm coming up with Hannity in front of a live studio audience tonight at 9. And uh, I throw that live studio audience thing out there because whether it's Hannity or Gutfeld, if you watched around the country, like you watched Jimmy Fallon or any of the guys on Gutfeld, any of the gals, uh, you can go to the website. You can get tickets to come here and watch these shows in person. Like, we'll see you. You'll meet us. It'll be cool. That's what we do. Fox is, you know, we have a community with our audience. That's why, you know, we grow at the rate that we do is we're all collective shareholders in this mission called freedom, girlfriend. So keep playing good ball. You're on your own for a few minutes. I'll be back after this. Chadwick Moore coming up. It's going to get rowdy, girlfriend. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Hey, hey, hey. Here we go. Here we go. Back in action. Big Thursday on a Fox Across America episode hosted by your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon. Although I am getting back up in this hour. Chadwick Moore, who joined me last night on Gutfeld, number one rated late night show in America. Hey, girl. It's pretty hot. Uh, he is going to join us in studio to talk about this ongoing weaponization of the pride movement where they've just taken another shot at DeSantis over at Woke Disneyland, which is God, just such a mess. Let me explain this to you one more time. No, no, no. I've listened. I have had it with the woke Disney stuff. Now, listen, little boy. No, I'm not listening. Let's get into it. OK, 888-788-9910. We covered this on Gutfeld last night, but. You need to know where we are on this story. I, the reason I opened a show with it, it was kind of a semi-serious monologue for me. It was like, you know, plenty of jokes, but there were also some, some points, some fact. I was worked up. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. I hate the idea of a woke anything, anything, but let alone a woke Disney. Everything woke turns to Okay, I grew up in one of those families that we, you know, we went to Disney World a couple of times. It was a really big deal. I got to go in first grade. They told me I was going to Disney World. Oh, my. Yeah. But now you get there and you're going on a ride called It's a Small Gender Reassignment Surgery After All. It's a really weird time to be. But essentially what's happened in corporate America. Okay. And this is just a shakedown. There's a lot of woke people on the boards of these companies. There's a lot of woke people that work in positions of influence, kind of like what went on at Bud Light, that live for the culture war. Because the culture war comes with confirmation bias. Hey, we're better than these monsters. We're better than these people who just wanted to drink a Bud Light and not think about politics, but are now literally getting identity politics down, you know, poured down their throats. We're better than them. That's, you know, part of the mindset. That's what Disney did. Okay, Ron DeSantis, last spring if you remember, passed a Parental Rights and Education Act that made it illegal to teach sex ed to kids between the ages of kindergarten and third grade. Why? Because anybody who wants to talk to a kindergarten kid about sex shouldn't be around kids. Correct the mundo. Shouldn't be anywhere near them. Okay, kids need to develop. They're too young. That's disgusting. They're not supposed to be sexualized. They're not supposed to be taught a sexual identity, which is what all of this stuff is, before they learn to read, write, math, science, everything in between, okay? And when DeSantis took that stand, parents in both parties supported him because we all knew, okay, there was no world where you should be teaching little kids sex. That's disgusting. But the left characterized it as what? It's a don't say gay bill. 
He is banning gay people in the state of Florida. You were lying your ass off. Totally. Okay, you've been, you know, you've been anywhere near Key West. You've been anywhere near South Beach, okay? As I said last night on Gutfeld, South Beach has such a huge gay population that they have a Pride Month for straight people. They dedicate one month of the year to the straight people. Like, hey, we got to shout these minority fringe movement out over here. Uh, but the point is, Ron DeSantis's bill did not ban sex of a specific kind. It didn't say we're banning gay sex. We're banning trans sex. No, no, it said we're banning all sex. So it's not like he took a preferential stance towards one identity or another. He didn't do that. But the Democrats and all of their allies in the New York Times and the Washington Post were like, he's banning gay people. That's why I don't read the newspaper, because it's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. And because they want to score political points and they see DeSantis as a potential 2024 nominee in the Republican Party. Wrong. Okay, but the point is they weaponized a complete straw man argument against DeSantis. That's how this thing started. And now Disney and other woke corporations are staging pride events like they're clapping back. We'll show you. Oh, this is really going to piss off the governor who has the biggest gay population in America living in his state happily. This is going to piss him off. That's what they're doing. They're throwing pride events like it's a clapback. They're throwing pride events like the pride community's under attack. Yo, gay people are so, I mean, so far beyond accepted in the year 2023. They're serving in the halls of Congress. They're some of our biggest pop stars, some of our biggest movie stars. Okay. Plenty of athletes out there. You know, stuff goes on. And the gay community does wonderfully, and we accept them for it, okay, because they're just people. We don't care. We've integrated this society. There absolutely was homophobia, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. I'm not saying there isn't a little of it left now, but the fact that we integrated society and we all live amongst each other, okay, all of these racisms and phobias are the byproduct of ignorance. You hate something because you don't know anything about it. You fear it. So you... To be honest with you, it's a byproduct of a real ignorance, but that that ignorance drives the fear. Okay, you're ignorant. You convince yourself this other thing you don't understand is somehow a threat. It's somehow dangerous. We don't want it around. Screw those people. That's what happens. That's why integrating society was so powerful, because it allowed us to learn that the only race was the human race. That's just reality. We all want the same things. Everybody listening wants to get paid and they want to get laid. Oh, yes. I've read about that in the Bible. But at our core, throwing a little bit of food. (laughs) <laughs> you got to throw in a little food with me. You're killing yourself the way you eat. Y'all fat f- look at you. But the point is, okay, we're all the same. We're very tolerant. We're the most tolerant and inclusive society in the world. Okay, but Disney clapping back against DeSantis. Okay, going in the lane. This is Disneyland in California. Doubling down on the wokeism with their own fake straw man argument about DeSantis being a hobophobe on the other side of the country. Screw these Republicans. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, something nobody tells you is that Disney Plus does business in 12 countries that criminalize gay activity. What a fraud. I'm talking places like Saudi Arabia, where if you're caught engaging in gay activity, you get chemically castrated. I'm talking about places like Yemen, where if you get caught engaging in gay activity, you get killed. Okay, yet Disney can't squeeze enough money out of these countries, want you to believe 
that Ron DeSantis is the bad guy here? He's the homophobe here? I mean, Mickey, come on, man. So I guess we have some issues. (laughs) Tons of issues. Okay, because if you're going to take this stance, like we are going to highlight your own hypocrisy. But what really bothers me about this, I get that every corporate activism effort is a fraud. They did it because they thought it would make them more money. No, it won't because parents didn't go to Disney World to have uncomfortable conversations with their kids about sex. As I said last night on Gutfeld, kids go to Disney World because they like Mickey and Minnie and Donald Duck and Toy Story and everything in between. They want to ride the rides. They want to eat those 12-pound turkey legs. It's Disney World. It's supposed to be the happiest place on earth. But now that you're denying them that escapism, you've taken another piece of common culture, a place where people could put their political differences aside and get a much-needed timeout from the political rigmarole, and you've turned it into another front line in the culture war. Disney is a culture war front line. I know there's some people going that are independent of that and are just having a good time, but for a lot of Americans, you no longer think Disney and think, wow, this is going to be great. You just think Disney, and you're like, really? Going to go to the most expensive place on earth to get told my politics are wrong? That really doesn't sound like fun. But that's the fraud of Disney. They're screaming and yelling about inclusion, while they have the most exclusionary price structure in America. It's 120 bucks to get into Disney. i got to be honest with you. The prices are keeping out a lot more kids than the pronouns are. Nowhere, nowhere was there a family being like, yeah, hey, kids, we'd love to take you to Disney World someday, but these pronouns, it's just your, your mom and I, we can't. No, no, but the money gets in the way. Believe me. I took Lincoln when I was a cab driver. We had no money. Okay, we made it work, saved up. You know, we didn't stay in a, you know... When you go to Disney, there's always tiers of where you're going to stay, you know, and you can tell how much you spent based on like how, you know, if you're spending big money, you could actually stay in a thing called the Millennium Falcon. Okay, it's all based on a correlating Disney character. So the amount of money you spend, okay, kind of correlates with what they're putting you in. So like if you were spending top of the line money, like 10000 a night, you could be in Cinderella's Castle, $7,500 a night. You could be staying in the Millennium Falcon. Okay, we went on a taxi budget. We stayed in... Cruella DeVille's dog kennel. That was a little different than the high-end resorts. It was just me and a couple of Dalmatians. And Come on, Lincoln. Let's go to the park. Okay, and that's what we did. But it was cool because I grew up in a house that liked Disney World. It was a big deal when I went in first grade, so it was a big deal when I could take my son in first grade. Even on a cab driver's salary. What did I know have a bank account? I had a shoebox. Like, what, Bank of America? I'm like, dude, I have Bank of Nike. I'm hoping the comedy picks up so I can make it to Bank of Reebok. Okay, that's who I was, and I went to Disney World. I had a great time. It's great. It's fantastic. But the point is that fantastic escapism that we paid through the nose to indulge in has now just become another woke outlet, another woke bastion, a culture warrior, a corporate culture warrior that's thumbing its nose at half of its customer base, which is the stupidest thing I've ever heard, number one. But it has such a detrimental impact on society, number two. Like I said, the whole point of my show is you don't have to agree with it, but I want you to know you're welcome here if you disagree. It's not to alienate. It's not to give America yet another three hours of content that, that divides us, that becomes niche to one mindset. Okay, we need places, ball games, movies, you know, all of that stuff used to hold society together. Now it's furthering the wedge. And, of course, this is happening in Gavin Newsom's California, Disneyland is now doubling down on the same woke policies that Gavin Newsom embraced en route to turning California into the world's largest outdoor toilet. Yeah, I mean, seriously, it's disgusting what's going on there. 
But this is, again, the end result of politicians focusing on straw man arguments. It's like something we talked about on Gutfeld last night. Native, you know, New York City schools are now forcing teams to get rid of mascot names that have Native American connotations. Never mind that if you're putting someone on your jersey, their logo, it's not because you're making fun of them. It's because you think it's cool. You think it's badass. You're not trying to slight them. You're not putting them on your jersey to like, hey, we're going to go play some kickball or soccer or baseball. But while we're doing it, laugh at these people. I mean, what a bunch of losers, huh? That's not why you're putting them there. It's a point of pride. But New York, like California, a place where they're fighting all the wrong battles, decided yesterday that high school teams can't have Native American mascots anymore. Never mind that only 20% of New York City school students are reading at a grade level. 80% of New York City school students aren't reading at the level of their grade. I love the poorly educated. Well, so does New York. Okay, but are they focusing on upping the grades? The answer would be no. Do you know what percentage of New York City high school students are proficient at a grade level in math? 2%. 2%. I've got it. We'll change the halftime show. That's the result. This is what happens in woke liberal cities. They fight the wrong battles. That's what they're doing out in California. Newsom said the other day that we're talking about gangs, and then he apologized. They have a plague of gang violence. People are getting killed. Newsom mentions gangs, and then he goes back. He's like, actually, I don't mean gangs. Here it is, clip 29. That's not a pejorative. They're organized groups of folks, organized gangs of people that are coming out. And forgive me for saying gangs. I know that, that... That was embarrassing. Guys, gangs, forgive me for saying gangs. I don't mean I, I don't. Shut up, fool. What? They're gangs. They're killing people. They're mugging people. They're looting stores. How we talk about them is irrelevant to the real problems. But that's what's going on in the modern left. They're weaponizing straw man arguments. So you look at a place like California, rampant homelessness. I'm sorry, it's very liberal. You can't say homeless. You have to say free range people. Okay, but they've got the rampant free-range people situation. The drug problem is out of control. Crime is through the roof because Newsom cut over a billion dollars from a municipal police budget in the summer of 2020. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Sure is, but nobody's using their common sense in California, which is why everybody is trying to use a U-Haul.
Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Chadwick Morris coming up. His opening act, Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida, speaking in North Charleston, South Carolina yesterday, had this to say about education in Disney, Clip 14. People also side with us on wanting our school system to be about educating kids, not indoctrinating kids. We're not going to use your tax dollars to teach kids to hate our country or to hate each other. That's unacceptable. And we just believe that parents should be able to send their kid to school, have them watch cartoons, just be kids without having some agenda shoved down their throats all the time. So gender ideology has no place in our K-12 through school system. We don't let that happen in Florida. And if Disney objects to that, well, so be it. We're going to do what's right. Good for him. You know that? Disney is the biggest corporation in his state. And he's like, screw you. No, take away your tax privileges. You're not doing that to kids. Guys, you need politicians that fight back. Not politicians that promise they're going to fight back. Politicians that actually fight back. Not go along to get along, but people who take bold action in your defense. Because we are getting smoked, just absolutely smoked by people in Washington, D.C. when it comes to every single issue. Government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. Here's one more DeSantis, clip 15. And you see it time and time again. Sometimes it's a one-off, like this uh, ridiculous thing with with Bud Light uh, by trying to push uh, the transgenderism. But what they're doing is these are corporations, mostly very wealthy, powerful corporations. They're trying to leverage their economic power to change our country, to change society, to change policy. Things like ESG, environment, social governance, What they're trying to do is pursue a left-wing agenda. They're against domestic energy production. They're against Second Amendment rights. They're against all these other things. How about that? And all of the corporate activism out there, it's not even being done with your best interest in mind. It's just being done with the Democratic agenda in mind. But unfortunately, the Democratic agenda is ruining this place right now. We have people in Washington that don't know what they're doing. reality with a bit of insanity it's fox across america with jimmy Fallon. introducing the all-new woke disney world the first theme park to dump identity politics on all its guests mom can i hit the boys room sorry honey it's the they's room let me explain this to you one more time it's okay mickey i'll handle it all of our rides have been updated so our woke employees won't flip out on us From Snow White and the Seven Genders. I don't understand. To it's a small reassignment surgery after all. That was the weirdest boat ride ever. Woke Disney World. 
We've transitioned to a new business model, but the goal remains the same. All right, now, get out there and make me some damn money. Hi-ho, hi-ho, hi-ho. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We discussed Woke Disney at great length last night on Gutfeld, where I was guest hosting. Joining me now is a man who is not only a member of that panel, but talk about a byline. Jenny Fallon's favorite guest on Fox Across America. Chadwick Morris here. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. What's going on? Dude, let me tell you something. You were huge with the woodworkers at Home Depot. My, uh, <laughs> you know, Jenny grew up on a farm. She's a little, ha- she's, a, she's uh, you know, she's a little handy. So if that was your goal, you know, if your demo was chicks with power tools, Chadwick Moore, you've arrived. That's exactly my demo. That's why I got to meet Jenny. Hi, Jenny, if you're listening. Oh, she's out there somewhere, uh, but she is. I was, we, me and Chadwick and I were talking in the green room last night about how Jenny really likes some Chadwick. It's really funny because there's two things that go on in Fox News if you're in this building around the clock, like if you work here as a host or whatever. There's a couple of cult things. You don't know this, Chadwick, so we've never gotten into this. But did you know that everyone at Fox, for real, like on an executive level, is obsessed with the movie Pee-wee's Big Adventure? I, no, I, I didn't realize that. And Why we, is that? We, it's just like it was a cult movie at a time when we were all coming of age. So people always communicated like Pee Wee's Big Adventure jargon. Like if you actually said like <laughs> – if you said Andrew Cuomo, someone would go Andy and they'd go Andy, Andy. You know, just like it was Pee Wee. <laughs> or if you – or someone brought up like the Alamo. Like, oh, the yeah, the basement, the bicycle. Do you want a funny story about that? So listen, really quick. Okay. We were on the five with Geraldo. And Kennedy made a reference to the Alamo. They, the, the question was, if you could have any movie prop, what would it be? And Kennedy said, I'd want the bike from Pee Wee's Big Adventure. At which point I said, well, you're out of luck. It's in the basement of the Alamo because that's where it is in the movie. To which Geraldo responds, he goes, the Alamo in San Antonio? And I was like, yo, Geraldo, how many Alamos do you know? <laughs> the, the, we needed to clarify the state. <laughs> Remember the Alamo. Which one? I'm not sure. But Chadwick Moore, hold on. We're not done here. We're not done here. Come get your sash and your tiara because the other cult favorite in addition to Pee-wee's Big Adventure is Chadwick Moore. People, you are the Raymond of Fox News. Do you know that? People, Dude, my office is on the same floor as the Tucker team, which, of course, you're like a folk hero on Tucker Carlson tonight. So you're always – no, no. You you knew how topical you were in conversation. And then even here with the people who gravitate around this radio, no, you have fans. I don't doubt you're giving the Molly for free. I'm just saying you got fans. I, that's really sweet to hear. I don't buy that at all. But that's sweet to hear. I, I like Ch- hearing that. Thanks, thanks for bluffing up my ego. No, Chadwick Moore is on the line, that. folks. He is Miss Fox News. Miss Fox News. <laughs> <laughs> but So we were talking about this last night, uh, but we had to share the conversation with a panel. Let's just have some you and me time for a minute. Um, you know, the whole woke Disney thing that I was talking about, and the point I was trying to make, is I feel like they're taking a, a, a position on pride of it being like more than a celebration of gay culture, but an actual like cannonball at the right who they want people to believe isn't okay with it. And I feel like it's there. It's a bastardization of the pride moment by Disneyland. Do you agree? Disagree? Whatever you want. You're miss. You're miss Fox news. I can't say anything. Yeah. It's like, uh, I mean, we're even, it's so cringe and pathetic, you know, that like, that that they're trying to manufacture this rage on the right, or they're trying to say, look at these people, they hate us so much. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody cares if Disney's having a Pride Night, which, by the way, they uh, first of all, it's at the theme park in California, not yep. the one in Florida. Yep. Uh, every theme park, I think, in Southern California has like a gay night. Uh, yeah. I'm sure that they've already had gay days at Disney. <laughs> uh, so they think they're sticking it to people, but also it's like, isn't this so? It's it's it, it so sums up the kind of state of. Uh, 
of identity politics movements in the current year that they're so lame and corporatized. Yeah. Like, this isn't like the first gay pride march in 1970 in yeah. New York City, you know what I mean? Where it was like still maybe a little shocking and it was, like... And it was like, rebellious. Gay and avant-garde. Yeah, it was and, like, badass. Wow, what's going on here? You, it's like yeah. Disney <laughs> coming up and being like, wow, we're going to have a gay night. Give us your $140, you childless We've, homosexual. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, went, you went from Rage Against to the Machine to the Machine would like to throw you a parade. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. And, you know, you were, you were, I, I really appreciated last night you bringing up uh, the fact that Disney does business. They allow, they, they sell Disney Plus to all of these countries where homosexuality is criminalized, criminalized and they, you know, gay people can be put to death or arrested and fined. It just goes to show the level of their hypocrisy and, and more so the gay rights groups so-called gay rights groups that prop up Disney and, and constantly harp on these things, trying to convince America that it's a hateful place, completely ignoring parts of the world where they actually would have uh, you know, a, a, a fight yes. to you know, stop murdering gay people. And, and these corporations are more than happy to do business there. Dude, Disney's doing business in Yemen, where if you're gay, they're throwing you a parade, but it's to a firing squad. At the end of the, you know what I mean? It's, no, no, you still got the parade. It's going to be great. It's, uh, you know. A parade of people are going to come and watch you as yeah. uh, instructive the, of how not to behave. You know, yeah, the good, the good news is you're going to love the parade. The bad news is the reception tent. Not the best. Not, not the best hospitality, Chadwick Moore. <laughs> so nuts. But that's the scam is like, you know, everybody, everybody in this country, because it all, it goes with any type of oppression, Okay. Anyone doing business with China in any capacity, let's just focus on China. There's so many countries we go to. Any, anybody doing business with China, which Disney is doing a lot of business with China, okay, is empowering the modern-day version of everything we hold this country hostage over. Meaning America in 2023 is constantly being given the bill by the left for what it did in 1823. You know what I'm saying? But China's doing it in 2023. And dare I say, in some instances, they're a lot more aggressive than anything we were doing in 1823. Yet none of these corporations steer clear of China, do they? Not that I'm aware of. I mean, I think they're all moving their headquarters there pretty soon. <laughs> we seem to be on the way out. We're no longer in fashion. <laughs> that is so funny. You know how, like, you couldn't get U-Hauls to get out of California? Now, like, we're at that place where you can't get planes to get out of the country. They're like, ah, oh, they're all rented. <laughs> now they're all going to Beijing. They got a tax break. It's cleaner. Sucks. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Chadwick Moore is on the line. Uh, the world's on fire. We're roasting some radio marshmallows. So we had fun there. And it's just all of the symbolic gestures, I think, in this day and age, I think, are belittling the real problems we're facing. Because the other thing we talked about was Native Americans. And it was like, so New York City schools, uh, at a time when literally 80% of school students are not reading at grade level, okay, they've decided the answer is to change the halftime show. No more Native American mascots. Um it just seems like such a straw man thing to be attacking with so many bigger problems going on. And it doesn't mean like, you know, you can't walk and chew gum at the same time, as they like to say. But we're not doing any of that. OK, first of all, you can't walk because you might get mugged, you know. And, uh, you know, I don't know about the I don't know what the calorie count in gum is either. I don't know what, how that works. But the point is we're going against I feel like I feel like we're going against everything except our real opponents. You know what I'm saying by that? Like crime and everything else. Like We don't go against that. We're not going ed- – education. Kids are being failed in inner city schools. The fact that you can't call their basketball team the Warriors doesn't help anybody read. Yeah, and well, actually this just kind of occurred to me. I mean in a way, like, like all these Democrats, they didn't run on – 
making America a better place or fixing, you know, making sure we don't go to war in Ukraine or fixing the schools. They they kind of ran on identity politics, stupid, you know. Uh, they're actually keeping their promise. On the yeah. Stuff. So <laughs> in a way, they're kind of fulfilling their promises. Like, no, 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 no. We're going to let your schools collapse. We're going to let you continue to get murdered on the streets of New York, releasing violent criminals about bail, et cetera, et cetera. But we are going to make sure that your basketball team can't be called the Warriors. <laughs> Now, and this is what they voted for, isn't it? I mean, now, now the, the, the good news is I know you got mugged on the way to school today, and I know they took your iPad. <laughs> You've got a swollen face, but wait, wait till the halftime game. You go to the basketball game tonight, you're going to feel so much better. You're going to feel so much better. <laughs> exactly. You're so right. Chadwick Moore is on the line, and you're right. They ran on this, so in a lot of ways, they are keeping their promises because they ran on this garbage. Uh, you know, Biden's pitch way back when was it was a battle for the soul of our nation. And uh, I was like, you know, I have a sneaking suspicion that doesn't give you an answer to how you pay your bills or clean up your streets or close your border. And it turns out I was right, because apparently we won the battle for the soul of the nation. We literally lost everything else to do it. It's not good, Chadwick. <laughs> right. Exactly. So but of course. Biden didn't run on, like, you know, transgender children of the soul of our nation or, you know, no. trans kids built this country, whatever he said. And <laughs> he did go, you know, he did yeah. kind of deceive the voters that you're going to take that direction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was, that was a bit of a curveball. But that's – listen, so that's another thing. Hold on. I, I wanted to make this point last night. A lot of the debates we're having right now are over issues that didn't exist a year ago. Like a year ago, if you said, I'm going to read a graphic sex book to a five-year-old – Everyone would have said, no, you can't. Of course you can't do that. That's insane. But because one side literally said you can't do that, the other side was like, well, I guess we're for it then. And that's what everything in this country has become. It's almost like it's all a microcosm of Twitter. You know how everything on Twitter is an invitation to a fight, whether you realize you're inviting someone or not? You're like, happy birthday, my dog. And like, yeah, too bad January 6th. Huh? There's a dog in the chamber. I bet he was, right? Fascist. You're like, what do you mean? This is a dog eating a cupcake. But that's that's the world we live in now. You just take a position on the right and somebody else is like, well, yeah, oh, just like, you know, Hitler had a dog, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and also, it, it almost seems like, you know, the left is, is so run out of important things to, to fuss with. You know, everything that they mm-hmm. once purported to stand for, they don't anymore. They've yeah. kind of become the opposite. Uh, so it, it, it almost seems like they don't know what to do with themselves. So they're like, OK, should we just, you know – should we just go into phase two now? Phase one, pretend that we're the good guys. We care about the little guy. Phase two, absolute control and power. Convince everyone in the world. Gaslight the country. You know, make them think they're crazy. Tell them that the most fundamental things, like the differences between men and women, are not real. Uh, we can start sexualizing children now. Yep. Let's just do it. Let's just see if we're ready for phase two. That's kind of seems what it is. On. It is so true. It's like somebody who's in charge of the Democratic Party got stoned and played Grand Theft Auto, and they were like, "What if we just, yeah." Let's just do this to society. Just do this. Say, blow up the strip club. Whatever you want to do. Bring the kid to the strip club. We don't care. It's great. Steal yeah. the car. You're not going to jail anymore. <laughs> no, it's going to be great, Chadwick Moore. Isn't it so? It's so crazy. But it's true. Like, we've entered that phenomenon now where they've just, like, people feel like they're losing because it hurts your head when you debate some of these positions, you know, especially, like, the, simp- the simplest one, the men getting pregnant. No man has ever gotten pregnant. No one can name one. It's not going on. But there are people who 
you have to know somewhere in the recesses of your mind it's not true. But I wanted to ask you this question. That's what I think. I have a suspicion about this. I think the reason more women don't speak out against the transgender erasure of women, because it's not, again, again, nobody's against trans people. But I think the reason more women don't speak out against it is because they see them as a voting ally. And they don't want to alienate them on the voting side. Do you think in any way support for abortion somehow buys them support for transgenderism? It's yeah. Well, and also they're they're if you're on the left, you're so good at collectivism and, and moving and thinking and voting is such a block and they have such little debate on their side. And when they do have debate, it's not interesting. Yeah. It's, it's nitpicking and it, it, so I think that's I think that's for sure part of it. They don't want to ruffle any feathers because they believe that the end game is so much more important, which mm-hmm. is, of course, you know, absolute total control, one party rule system, I would imagine. Yep. But also, I mean, like women just in general, like I think it, the, the, the really, really ugly thing about this trans stuff is it preys on kind of the best instincts of women, which is to not mm-hmm. hurt people's feelings, yeah. you know, to be more nurturing. So they, they probably are generally convinced that these people, and a lot of them are, not all of them, but a lot of trans people are generally struggling. They have lots of issues. You know, they, they, they are unhappy with their bodies and yeah. the bodies that they're in. So it's preying on that instinct to want to care for those people and to make sure they don't feel excluded, but at the detriment not only of women's spaces and institutions yeah. like athletics, but also the detriment of Western civilization as a whole. Well, there's that <laughs> small right. thing. Minor detail. Minor detail. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> come on, Chad. Come on, Chadwick Moore. That's holding on to civilization. Uh, and we also did talk about that last night on Gutfeld, the whole Elon Musk. Elon, it's so funny. So, like, Elon Musk is the one honest appliance salesman telling you you might not need the fanciest model. Once in a while that happens. Hey, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a salesman. I get a commission if you buy the fancy dishwasher, but you don't really need it. Elon Musk is saying that with AI. He's like, hey, I'm making AI, but you don't really need the fancy model. It might kill all of us. But the people at Google, like the Larry Pages of the world, they're like, no, no, we need the nice dishwasher and we need it now. Um, we talked about this last night, and I know your position you know, might be some nerds overstating their importance and the impact they have on society. So where is, where is the Chadwick Moore worry meter when it comes to AI? Are you like you don't care? Because I base it on you. I mean, you're, like, seriously, I'm goofy and I host the show, but you are the superior <laughs> intellect whether you want to admit it or not. So how should I feel about this? Well, I don't think that's true. And I mean, I'll be the first to admit, I, I mean, I don't fully understand what exactly we're talking about. And I've, I've read as much as I could yep. and I've listened to him <laughs> talk about it. So I'll be honest, like I don't really, but but I do remember I, I'm struck right now because I remember less than a year ago, people were talking about AI and they're saying we are so far away from this being an issue. Like, look at the state of AI. It's not very it hasn't progressed yeah. very far. And then overnight it was like holy crap, this thing is way too smart. It can write your, your research paper. So I don't know if that's, like, the only thing I've really seen is this, like, chat GPT thing. And I feel like, I don't, I guess there are there are security concerns about mm-hmm. logins and passwords, stuff like that. Um, it's made some, I think, some pretty cool art, which I hate to admit. No, it is that AI yeah. art is kind of, I don't know if anyone would pay money for it. But, um, I mean, I worry about it because, especially, I think it's the thing that I worry most about as a kind of, I'm, you know, I'm a humanities person, so yeah. I guess I worry most about what it does to humanities, what it yeah. does to art and writing, and and you know, your yeah. career and my career, but more so just what it, you know, the, the sort of things that make that make yeah. um, life great, the, yeah. the human soul. Like, I, I guess I don't know too much about what it's going to do to like elections and all that stuff. I don't know how much we should be worried. Yeah. Um. So it, it, it's troubling, and at the same time, 
Well, you listen, (laughs) you you think you don't know a lot about AI. Like, I thought AI meant Allen Iverson. I'm like, that's a guy who plays for the 76ers, right? The guy got in trouble for saying he didn't want to practice. So I I have no business having this conversation. That's why we bring in Miss Fox News. Uh, Chadwick Moore, the greatest. We'll do it again soon, girlfriend. All right. Thanks, girlfriend. I'll see you soon. There he goes, the great Chadwick Moore. There we go back after this. A show with substance and style. This is my oldest guy in the boy band look. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. He's a good-looking Italian. It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon doing the damn thing on a Thursday. Radio and TV tonight. I'll be on the bottom line. With Dagan McDowell at 6 p.m. She's so excited to have me. That is balderdash and hogwash and mm-hmm. Well, I'll be there anyway. And uh, we're on the Sean Hannity tonight, uh, live in studio audience. And if you ever want to go to one of these shows, uh, you can go to the website and get tickets. You might say, hey, Jimmy, why don't you uh, give out the website if you want us to come so bad? Because I don't know the website. They advertise it on the show every night, and I'm just throwing it out there. Okay, I, I, I'm in charge of promoting my own shows. If you want to see me in Jersey this weekend, there's still about 50 seats left to the Late Show Saturday night. The early shows are sold out both nights. Uh, but the Late Show Saturday night, you can still get into Bananas in East Rutherford, New Jersey. You want to come hang out with your radio buddy. And then May the 6th, I am in Redding, Pennsylvania. If you want to come see the champ in Redding, May the 20th, Clearwater, Florida. That's an option. June the 3rd in Davenport, Iowa. Hey, girl. June the 10th, Mesa, Arizona. June the 24th in Lexington, Kentucky. Right there at the world-famous Lexington Opera House, you could come to the damn show. July the 8th, Holland, Michigan. July the 29th, the Grand Opera House in St. Mary's. You better be there, girlfriend. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, is it now? Guess that means I better get to work. Back in action on a big Thursday episode of Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon, 888-788-9910. If you want to sing back up in this radio band, we are playing the hits for a full hour. You and me, not a damn guest in sight. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? All right, good, because we need all the help we can get. Uh, it is Wow. What has become of the news this week? Just a mess. Last night I hosted Gutfeld. I posted some of the clips on the Fox Across America Facebook page. And every, every story we did, A, we were talking about woke Disney World in the A block. I'm like, man, this is stupid. Why is this a thing? B block, talking about the AI and how Elon Musk was like, listen, we don't know what direction this is going to take us in, so we should proceed with caution. But everybody was like, no, 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 we just, let's do it. It's Jurassic Park. Basically, Elon Musk is like, I don't know if we should be building all of these ravenous dinosaurs right now. That can't be good. Right? But everybody else over at like Google and Microsoft is like, oh, come on. We're going to make so much money. What are you, nuts? Come on. You know how many tickets we're going to sell to this park? And the whole time we're talking about it, I'm like, wow, there's just like, this is stupid. This It seems like we're it would be a little stupid. Then the C block comes along and we start talking about what? There was a toddler that snuck past security and made it into the White House, which means we had two people speaking gibberish in the White House. Come on, man. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. You come on, man. Make sure the television, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night. The, the, the phone. 
But the point is, okay, stupid. I was like, how does a toddler making it up the White House lawn? That's bananas. And then we got into the D block, and what were we talking about? We were talking about how New York City schools and high schools around the country are getting rid of Native American mascots, which, again, is such a stupid straw man argument because, number one, it doesn't help the kids learn, which is a massive deficit right now in our country thanks to two years of COVID learning, remote learning and stuff in between. But two, you know who it doesn't help for real? More importantly than the kids who might be offended by a mascot? It doesn't help Native Americans. Native Americans have the shortest life expectancies, highest rates of alcohol, diabetes, and heart disease. Nothing you're doing in the halftime show drives that up or down. But in the age of slacktivism that we live in, making a symbolic gesture is now passed off as progress and we all move on as if we did something good for ourselves. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Slacktivism. That's what it is. Well, I tweeted a nice thing. Think about it. How many people, when the Ukrainian war broke out, that immediately changed their profile picture to a Ukrainian flag? How many of those people do you think are keeping up nightly with updates on the war? I think he's got a point. None of them. <laughs> it's just like, it's branding. We live in an age where everything is a perpetual branding exercise. What can I say that'll get likes, that'll make, pe- make people think that my little online avatar is the one we should all gravitate towards? Social media and the world have turned us all into window hookers in Amsterdam. What the hell did you just say? I've never even been to Amsterdam, but believe me, as a cab driver, I heard a lot about the window hookers of Amsterdam. I love it when you talk dirty. <laughs> you pick people up at the airport all the time. I'm like, hey, you're walking down the street. I have these girls. Everybody's in front of a window, and they're trying to, like, wave you over so you watch their little show, you know? And that's social media. Everybody's just trying to wave over the rest of the country so we watch our little show. Hey, look at me. I'm cooking. Look at me. I got a yoga tip for you. Oh, look at me. I got a hot take on politics. Bro, watch me fix this engine. And it's some of it's cool. Some of it's productive. In fact, there's actually a lot of learning to be done. Uh, you know, I've watched cool cooking videos and stuff, but it's because I want to eat. I'm hungry. You know, you also have that friend who's just using Instagram to justify his perversions because instead of just staring at a naked woman, she's got an activity. <laughs> no, bro, I'm, I'm learning uh, cooking recipes from this chick. She cooks nude in a kitchen, bro, but it's like... The ingredients are so rich, you know. You made this biscuit the other night. I really liked it, bro. I'm like, dude, you're just staring at a naked lady. You're not cooking anything. No, bro. She made this low-calorie breaded chicken right there. She was doing a handstand. She had no clothes on, and she's cooking a... Hubba, hubba. <laughs> the point is, it's nothing to do with the cooking. But social media has turned the entire world into a quest for attention. That's all we're doing. That's why we're so miserable. We're exhausted. We're all working full-time jobs as P.T. Barnum. But you have to make sure the acts inside your circus tent don't offend a certain subsection of the country or you're going to get fired for putting up the tent in the first place. It's a really, really dumb time to be alive. That's the point I was making. Okay, it's a really, really dumb time. Well, we don't scale well. What I mean by not scaling well is oftentimes what takes precedence in a news cycle is not the thing of consequence to all of us. It's the thing of interest, which I understand. 
But, like, let's talk about some, like, things of consequence, okay? The number one cause of adult death in America, number one cause of adult death in America is fentanyl coming across our southern border. Are we having a national conversation about that? The answer would be no. Interesting. The murder rate, since we cut municipal police budgets in the summer of 2020, waged a rhetorical war on the cops. Murder rate is at a 30-year high. Are we having that national conversation? The answer would be no. Interesting. I was just you know, talking about it. Okay. The average school kid has lost over a year of academic gains. They are being failed in inner city schools. Is anybody on the left who's running this country talking about, oh, I don't know, school choice to get these kids out? The answer would be no. Interesting. Okay. Uh, let's go a step further. Okay. Let's take Let's go big box now. Big box. There's an IRS whistleblower who has just come forth to say the government is actively blocking their investigation into the president's son and a potential influence peddling scheme that took place while Joe Biden served eight years as Barack Obama's vice president. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. Now, to be clear, we don't know Hunter Biden or Joe Biden are compromised. I don't know that. But I do know that if they are compromised, we are. I do know that they've lied to us at every single turn when it comes to this story. Joe Biden famously said on the campaign trail, I've never talked to my son once about his business. You're a liar. Dude, his son took Air Force Two to China to meet with business partners. No parent listening to this gives their kid the car without asking where they're going. Okay? Let alone Air Force Two without asking where they're going. But never mind getting past that. He went from I've never talked to my son about his business dealings to we saw photos and emails confirming that he did. Hey, thanks for bringing your dad to dinner last night. Hey, by the way, here's the picture I took of me at dinner with you and your dad last night. Oh, by the way, what did we find out last week? The White House logs. What did they What did they categorize? 84 meetings. 84 meetings of Hunter Biden's business partners inside the White House while Barack Obama was president. Don't be thick, all right? I'm not even specifically saying Obama. I'm just saying he was the president. Biden was there. People that were giving money to the Bidens were allowed into the White House 84 different times. Okay, we had a White House court stenographer last week when I was guest hosting Kennedy that said he's willing to go on record and say that he was actively recording meetings where the Bidens were selling interest in our country. Now, again, that it could turn out to be false, but shouldn't we want to know whether or not it's false instead of just being, well, we got this other thing going on. There's a guy, there's a, there's, a, there's a dude who wants to get undressed in the ladies' room. And the Democrats, if we don't prioritize, climate change. You know, the weather's going to be really bad in 50 years. Okay. Listen, dude, if China owns the White House, we don't got 50 years, girlfriend. And I'm not saying we have that answer, but I am saying an IRS whistleblower, criminal supervisory agent, criminal. He's asking for whistleblower protections in an investigation into Hunter Biden's business dealings. Mark D. Lytle. He penned a letter calling for whistleblower privileges regarding his client, who is an IRS criminal supervisory agent. According to the letter, this agent previously made legally protected disclosures at the IRS and stated that these disclosures contradict sworn testimony to Congress by a senior political appointee. So he's basically saying, hey, someone at the tippy top of the Biden cabinet lied, contradicted sworn statements. I want protections so they don't come after me. 
meaning they're wep- this guy is afraid they're going to weaponize the Justice Department against him. I don't know why they think that. I don't know why they think this is a Justice Department to go after their political enemies. You know, just because Merrick Garland designated loud parents at school board meetings domestic terrorists, just because they locked up a president because he paid a stripper in check instead of by singles. What do you mean they're going to go after their political enemies? But that's the insanity of right now is that we're not talking about things of consequence. So it was really fascinating to me. Okay, when I was reading about this yesterday and I came to learn that a member, okay, of the IRS says that they are actively trying to stifle this investigation, okay? Hunter's a dirtbag. But that's why this is of such interest to me. I don't like to carry on forever about this story. But the God's honest truth is when Joe Biden was the vice president of the United States, okay, we were doing business with a Ukrainian power company a Ukrainian power company that wanted our money. So they hired the vice president's son. It is the very definition of a quid pro quo. A son who had no background in the energy sector. Amish people know more about electricity than Hunter Biden. Okay, Hunter Biden was famously kicked out of the Chateau Marmont for doing too many drugs. Yo, the Chateau Marmont is where Belushi overdosed. Okay, Belushi, had he lived, would not have been kicked out. They tolerate a lot of drug use at the Chateau Marmont. Jim Jim Morrison hung out there. The things that have gone on there, the Hunter S. Thompsons of the world. I mean, things went down in the Chateau Marmont, girl. But Hunter Biden was the one guy to actually get kicked out for doing that many drugs. And are you going to tell me with a straight face someone was sitting in a boardroom and was like, you know what we need on the board of our power company? There's a guy on the other side of the world that's never worked in this industry before who just got kicked out of a Hollywood hotel for doing too much drugs. We need that guy on the board. Democrats want you to believe that's how this went down. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. No, the truth is they had an influence peddling scheme where they were selling access to Biden. They were selling access to that white, that administration. And uh, in some regard, it was influencing the decision making process. And we're now sitting here at a time where we've been told that multiple members of the Biden family were receiving millions of dollars from companies that are tied to the Chinese Communist Party, a party that, oh, by the way, is selling us all of our green energy infrastructure while they themselves don't do anything. They don't care about they don't believe in climate change. I think it's absurd. Okay, but China, okay, China is legitimately selling us the tobacco patch while they're smoking a cigar. At the register. Okay, we have empowered and sold out to China everywhere on our, you know, manufacturing base, on our energy policy. Okay, when it goes, when it comes to intellectual copyright right thefts, when it comes to not holding them accountable for the origins of COVID, I don't know that Biden's compromised by China, but I do know for a fact he's governing like he is. That is correct. Here's James Comer, the guy leading the investigation into the Biden administration. Talking about the families involved in business dealings, clip 19. There are thousands of pages of documents relating to financial transactions. And let let me be very clear. This isn't just about the president's son or the president's brother. We've identified six new Biden family members involved in shady uh, foreign transactions that we believe were a direct result of influence peddling. Uh, That brings the number of Biden family members now to nine 
that were involved in the Biden family influence peddling. And we still have more family members that uh, we suspect were involved. So this is a family affair. This is something that should be troubling to every American. I got a bad feeling about this. Okay, but we're not even looking at it collectively. Like we spent three years pretending Donald Trump was a Russian agent controlled by Vladimir Putin. We invented, we invested three years in that story as a nation. It was made up by these sick people. Maybe so, because it turned out to be wildly, spectacularly forced, okay, based solely on opposition research paid for by the Clinton campaign. Okay, but we decided it was worth three years of our time to send out senior members of the intelligence community, like John Brennan and James Clapper, every night to tell us about all the collusion. Oh, this collusion as far as the eye can see. Never seen so much collusion. And then they'd get under oath and they'd be like, hey, is there any collusion, by the way? And they were like, oh, what, I could go to jail for lying? The answer would be no. No, there were no collusion. <laughs> no, none. Now let me run because I got to go back on MSNBC and tell everybody there's collusion. Rachel Maddow's dying to have me. Okay, and the point is we spend more time prioritizing fake things than real things. I don't know that the first family is compromised, but they're governing like they are. And heaven forbid that turns out to be the case. It doesn't end good for any of us. So maybe we, I don't know, take a look before we don't have a chance to. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife, and hide your husband because they're raping everybody out here. The show that's not afraid to hit the road. The stars at night are big and bright. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is. Fox Across America. It's your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. One of the best things about doing a show live at Fox News headquarters is you never know, like, the door, sometimes the door swings open and, you know, somebody like Emily Campagno just, not even on the show, she'll just swing the door open and give me the middle finger in the middle of the thing. Get her out. <laughs> get her out of here. Somebody walks by the studio, looks in, you get, like, a peace sign or whatever. And sometimes I'm just coming back from break and I just get, like, a, you know, a text or something from somebody, you know, that I work with here, like, hey, are you still on the air, fatso? I'm going to get a salad, like, something like that. And I'm always laughing at, the, you know, the spontaneity of life here because people, you know, if you watch Fox News or you're listening around the world and you're familiar with Fox News, you know, the name carries so much weight. You go, Fox News. But inside the building, like I tell you this all the time, it's like we work in this high school where everybody's dressed really well and everybody's late for class. You run into a studio instead of a classroom in this instance. You're not running the gym. You know, you're running down the Fox and Friends, wherever the hell you go. You know what I'm saying? And uh, the atmosphere, it's so funny. And it's like so supportive and, you know, kind of like fraternal. It's like there's a real community. And, you know, the thing you see on the air on this channel, which is very unique to our channel, which is like you'll see a morning guy on a late night show. You'll see an afternoon guy, you know, on a morning show. You know, see so much overlap in programming. It's because we actually are all friends off the air. Like it's not like on the air. You see like, oh, these guys are always hanging out. They have jokes. They have whatever. We're, we're the viewers. We know the jokes. And uh, that's the truth. Like you're part of an actual community. And I just sometimes I laugh at the reality of what I do for a living because it's just so insane and it's so much fun. And uh, you feel so much gratitude that you try to get out here and just make sure you're giving the world a fair shake because they're not doing that on the left. Okay, here is Patty Lapone on The View saying the Christian right is worse than the Taliban or no different. Clip 27. This before and I'm going to get in trouble. 
but I have said this before and it's been in print. I don't know what the difference between our Christian right and the Taliban is. I have no idea what the difference is. You're not the only person who's said that. Mm. I don't, I, I just don't know what the difference is. Yeah. What's happening in this country right now in the name of religion is so dangerous. I mean, garbage like you just makes me sick. Really quick, we're not time. I have 30 seconds. Do you want to know what the difference between the Christian right and the Taliban is? Obviously, there's millions of them. But for one, uh, the Taliban wouldn't let you go on TV and criticize them. You'd get stoned to death with rocks. Heaven forbid you drove to that studio, you broke the law again. Heaven forbid you went to a library to read up on the actual Christian right, you'd get killed for that too, you idiots. What an idiot. <laughs> it's the morning show that uh, overslept. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Boom! There it is on a big Thursday, having such a good time. I have to play you a quick clip from Corrine Jean-Pierre. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 Now lay off a second, because we have not, to be clear, we haven't played you a lot of KJP lately. She is so bad at her job. Whatever. We haven't been playing. There haven't been a lot of briefings. Biden was over in Ireland. I'm still convinced they sent him to Epcot. And they told him he was over in Ireland. You know, the rapidly rising uh, um, uh, in with uh, with uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> we have a president that is clearly not all there. So funny. But we haven't played a lot. OK, KJP, as you know, if you are a casual consumer of politics is the woman who took over for the White House press secretary for Jen Psaki. Psaki sucks. Kaylee was so much better. Whatever. Jen Psaki was very nice when I met her uh, last year at the White House Correspondents' Dinner. Uh, and uh, I will probably meet her again next week when I'm at the White House Correspondents' Dinner. I will report back on who I meet in the media and people at rival networks and stuff. I actually get a kick out of that. It's like going to the All-Star game. Uh, you know, like All-Star Weekend, you meet the guys who play for the other team. Oh, look, there's a guy from the Mariners. Well, probably not from the Mariners. Oh, look, there's a guy from the Rangers. There's a guy from the Rays, you know. Uh, it's fun. So I'm excited. That'll be next week. I'll be down in D.C. for the White House Correspondents' Dinner. But right now, here in New York with you, uh, I bring up KJP because she was just asked at a briefing uh, about the Bud Light thing, the Dylan Mulvaney thing. And she went back. It's so exhausting that they keep doing this. But every time you bring up trans rights, they tell you, well, they're getting killed. They're under attack. They're the victims of violence. It's going on. Not even close. Dude, if someone went out right now and don't do this, I'm not advocating this. I do not want this. But the truth is, if someone attacked a trans person right now, the left is trying to weaponize this narrative so hard that person would have their name on a federal building by the end of the day. Do you realize how protective they are of the trans agenda? Because it's their manufactured civil rights movement. They're using it as their new racism to get their way in public discourse. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. Totally. But now that it's not working as well, they're now tacking on a transphobia to it. Here is Corrine Jean-Pierre saying the Bud Light thing, the Dylan Mulvaney backlash is just us wanting to get trans people killed. The transgender actor and influencer Dylan Mulvaney has been the target of a barrage of 
uh, attacks from anti-trans individuals online after she did an ad with Bud Light uh, a couple of weeks ago. She's someone who has been here to the White House. She interviewed the president last year. He had a lot of warm words for her. Has anyone here at the White House reached out to her? since she became the target of these attacks? So don't have any uh, calls to review at this time, and I don't have anything to say specifically about this report, but what I can say, when a transgender American uh, posts a, a, a video about a brand of beer they enjoy, uh, and, it, and it leads to bomb threats, uh, it's clear that that level of violence and vitriol against uh, transgender American has to stop. And the president has been very clear. I just laid this out. The administration uh, has uh, is going to do everything that they can to protect LGBTQI plus people who are under attack. And that's what we've been seeing across the country, especially in state houses. And so we're going to fight alongside them to protect their rights. Uh, they should be allowed to be who they are, who they want to be. And they should be able to speak out uh, against, and we should be able to speak out, and others should be able to speak out against hate and discrimination. Uh, but look, that type of uh, uh, dangerous rhetoric that type of vitriolic uh, uh, language uh, and violence, that needs to stop. You are so full of sh- Where's the violence? I mean, we had a couple of trans, a trans shooter and a non-binary mass shooter in the last month. We had a trans shooter go into an elementary school and kill three nine-year-old kids. Has the White House given them an in- victims' families an invite yet? The answer would be no. No, they're inviting the Tennessee lawmakers, though who were expelled for an insurrection in the statehouse in the demand of gun control after one of the transgender people they had convinced was under attack, like Corrine Jean-Pierre is trying to do. I mean this, man. I'm not saying this to, like, upset you if you disagree with me politically, and I'm certainly not saying this to alienate you if you're a member of the trans community. Of course, you have every right to be who you are. But this idea that the White House is telling a group of people who are injecting hormones that don't naturally occur in their body, who are going through periods of imbalance because of it. The idea that the White House keeps telling that group of people they are under threat of violence, I don't doubt, is leaving some people on edge. You know, if they get out there at the White House podium every day and tell you, you know, half the country wants to kill you, right? And your body is raging with new hormones that aren't supposed to be there, and you're going through an actually an actual period of emotional and physical and adrenal, you know, transition. I don't doubt it could affect you. I don't doubt it could make you violent. I don't doubt it could make you skittish. I don't doubt that it could make you scared. Okay, I understand. But that doesn't mean it justifies the violence that we've seen. Okay, but this is how they try to get their way. You can't call this out or you're going to get people killed. There's violence. Where's the violence? I don't want to see it, and I'm happy that it's not going on. I say it all the time on the show. If you have the facts, pound the facts. If you have nothing, pound the table. Put up or shut up. They're just pounding the table. Here's KJP asked about whether the Tennessee victims are going to get an invite to the White House. It is clip three. So Monday, you're going to have three of the lawmakers who protested Peacefully protested. Who peacefully protested after the Nashville Covenant School shooting. Have any of the victims or the victims' families been invited to the White House? I don't have anything to to read out to you about any invite. Why? I just don't have anything at this time to read out to you at any invite. I mean, come on. She's the worst. No, nothing. Are you being any of the victims being invited? I don't have an answer. You know what that answer is? The answer 
Okay. The answer, are you ready for it? The answer is no. Bingo. They haven't invited these parents. Parents haven't had a word. Why? Because they were shot up by a member of the trans community. Have they released the manifesto of the trans shooter yet for the public to read? The answer would be no. Hmm. The straight white guy shoots up a store. You know when you get the manifesto? The minute the shooting's over. By the way, posted a manifesto. Right wing, white guy. Let's blame the NRA. Republicans. It's horrible. Nobody wants these shootings to go on. But the Democrats, again and again and again, these shootings only matter in terms of how politically viable they are. The shooting is done by a white guy. All right, well, then we can blame the NRA. We can blame the Republicans. Okay, if the shooting's done by a black person, we're never going to talk about this again. You know, you might say a thing or two about guns, but you don't really want to talk about the story. Uh, You know, if shooting's done by a trans person, forget it. We don't even release the manifesto. It's like the Democrats are segregating society. That's the part that drives me so crazy. And they're telling you, well, there's so much violence out there. We haven't seen the violence, thankfully. We don't want to see the violence. But they're flat out telling, well, we can't even have this discussion. You're crazy? Look at the violence. You're going to get more people killed. By who? By trans mass shooters? But anyway, here's a representative in Congress earlier today talking about how we can't continue to have this debate around trans people in sports because it's traumatic for trans people. This mere debate has traumatized trans kids and their families across the country. 85% of transgender and non-binary youth say that the debates around anti-trans bills have negatively impacted their mental health. I mean, think about that. No, no, we can't even have this debate. It's negatively impacting their mental health. Not a word. You can't say anything. You Come on, man. That's embarrassing. Because we're to believe, well, you know, there's one side of this argument that doesn't like it. And we owe our consideration to that side. What about the other side? The side that's saying they don't like it. Having this debate is traumatic to a trans kid. You know what else is traumatic to a non-trans kid? Having to get naked in front of a, in a locker room in front of a person with a different set of anatomy than you have. You know what else is traumatic? Busting your ass for, you know, making it into collegiate athletics and then losing out on an opportunity to succeed because a biological man was in the pool when you jumped in. That's not right. We know it's not right. But this is how... They get their way. They label the opposition to stifle debate. Hey, we can't discuss this on the merits. People will die. It's traumatic. They're not happy. What about the other people are, aren't happy? Do we have an answer? Are we going to speak to their considerations? The answer would be no. That's the scam of right now. Okay, Stuart Stevens. I played this clip earlier in the day. Let's just play it again. It was so stupid. The world should hear this twice and know his name. Stuart Stevens went on MSNBC and said the backlash to this Dylan Mulvaney Bud Light ad is what's inspiring an uptick in shootings in society. People are just so upset and on edge that we're boycotting Bud Light that they're just shooting folks for the hell of it now. Clip four. What is your reaction to this latest round of gun violence? Look, I think there's a direct line between um, a culture of fearfulness, where people who live in a world in which they feel threatened by Instagram posts or a beer label, when you stoke that kind of fear, that sort of paranoia, It just rips apart any sort of civic bond between people. And there's a deep sickness here that goes beyond just guns. 
um, that goes to this culture of fear. And really, I mean, I hate to say this, I worked for the Republican Party a lot of years. It really is the home of the fearful now, not the home of the brave. And there's nobody inside the Republican Party except for a few people who are speaking out on this. And at the heart of it, it's because they don't really have a positive, positive, a po positive policy agenda. There's really nothing that they're out there that they can say that they're for. And so it becomes about trying to maximize their predominantly white vote, which is a fear and grievance-based uh, tactic. Thank you for the education, gentlemen. We've just received a Ph.D. in stupidity. I mean, man, line by line. <laughs> they don't stand for anything. You know those people who say we should secure the border, stop outsourcing our domestic energy production, don't finance endless wars around the world, cut the tax burden on the middle class instead of jacking it up with 87,000 IRS agents. Those people don't stand for anything. Do you get it? It's all a classic exercise in projection. They just get on TV and say your heart is filled with hate. The only thing you hate is running out of beer, running out of food. We don't hate people, especially not people on the left. We think they're hilarious. We're laughing at most of you. Okay? The cool ones who are reasonable and sensible, we love and we invite you onto the show anytime. But if you're just a straight-out culture warrior who gets out of bed to call everybody else a bigot or a transphobe, you know, you're intellectually beneath the conversation we're having right now. I don't say that in a disparaging way. I'm intellectually beneath a lot of conversations. Have you seen me on TV? I'm trying. Few men have accomplished more with less. But I'm, you know, don't think I'm judging you. I'm just telling you that in this moment, this conversation requires so much more than the intellectual laziness of racism or transphobia or other things that just don't apply to the conversation. Nobody went out and shot somebody. Okay, because people are protesting Bud Light. Do we have any proof that any of the people involved in a shooting in society recently even drank Bud Light? The answer would be no. Knew that there was a backlash? The answer would be no. No, we have no idea. The idea that you could just connect one to the other because that's what you're paid to do on TV. Just ah, let's go on TV and tell, every, tell everybody the right wing is scaring folks to death as you're literally saying climate change is going to kill us all. As you're literally saying, we can't discuss trans rights or the Republicans are going to kill all of them. Go on TV and keep telling everybody it's the Republicans running on fear. That seems like a real, you know, honest assessment to me. Democrats are so full of crap. And the truth is, when it comes to Budweiser, nobody wants to harm Dylan Mulvaney. No one wants to harm the trans community. We want them to go enjoy their lives, their fabulous trans lives all over TikTok, wherever they want to enjoy them. That's fine. Okay, Bud Light drinkers just didn't ask for identity politics literally on the side of the beer can. Okay, but it's there now, and they didn't ask for that, and that's why they got mad at Bud Light. Number one, because they didn't like the idea of being dragged into a liberal policy position on the side of their beer can, but then because Bud Light's vice president of marketing justified the, the whole thing by saying, well, you know, the brand was out of touch and fratty. Oh, wow, way to go. So the people drinking your product are out of touch and fratty. That seems like sound business judgment. Thankfully, they lost about $5 billion off of their market cap because of it. <laughs> but it has nothing to do with hate. It has nothing to do with intolerance or bigotry or wanting to harm people. Nobody's under attack. At the end of the day, the loyal consumer of Bud Light just didn't want to turn on the radio and hear a commercial series called Real Them of Genius.
Budweiser presents Real Them of Genius. Real Them of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. Biological Male pretending to be a woman. Mr. Biological Male pretending to be a woman. Millions of beer drinkers spend the day working a grueling shift on the construction site, but you pranced around the house on TikTok dressed as a six-year-old girl. You're a kid at heart. Anyone can hang their hat up after a long shift, but only a true hero can take off their dress and untape their nuts. Ow, that stings! So crack open an ice-cold bud, Mr. Biological Male, pretending to be a woman. Normally, beer comes in a cardboard case, but thanks to you, it now comes in a mental case. Mr. Biological Male, show that leaves you without hope or change. I'm telling you, man, this stuff will poison your mind. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Bottom of the ninth here on Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. What a wild one. It's only going to get wilder from here. We're heading over to the TV when the radio wraps up. I will be on the bottom line with Dagan McDowell and Sean Duffy in the 6 p.m. hour on the East Coast. Also going to be on with Sean Hannity in the 9 p.m. hour on the East Coast. Sucking it in on TV. Wish the hair and makeup team luck. I had a late one last night. I was hanging out with Lincoln. Uh, Lincoln had a baseball game yesterday, and then he had a basketball, uh, you know, like an intramural scrimmage thing last night. So he got home just as Gutfeld was kicking off. We watched Gutfeld, me and the Link man. It's a really cool moment. Uh, but we watched a replay of Gutfeld late last night. And uh, it was, <laughs> me and Lincoln do weird things. Like midnight, I actually made like pasta. Like I hadn't eaten dinner yet. <laughs> it's like I finally got home from Fox. It was like midnight. I had a glass of wine and uh, I cooked the kids some pasta. And we had like a midnight, <laughs> like a midnight spaghetti dinner. It doesn't sound nutritious, but it was great fun. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. So I'm just completely out of it. And, uh, you know, we barreled into this day today, this psychotic news cycle, and uh, it'll basically make its way from here uh, to about six hours from now when I get back onto the television uh, and make for such great delirium. And if you get a chance to watch, you have to watch it and you'll know this. The most viewers aren't looking for this, but everything happens faster when I'm sleep deprived. And it probably happens for you, too, whether you realize it or not, because when you, if you haven't slept, you, you're too tired to th- question anything you're doing. It's all instinctive. It's my favorite way to live. Like when I was a cab driver, oftentimes Thursdays into Fridays, I'd have stand-up comedy late Thursday night, so I'd have to be back behind the wheel of my taxi like four hours after I got off stage. And it was always a great time because you didn't really overthink it. You just got behind the car and you just drove. Yes, that would happen from time to time, but I am happy to report that today... We have returned this radio taxi back to the garage in one piece. I'll see you tomorrow. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Domenech, Fox News contributor and editor of the Transom.com daily newsletter. And I'm inviting you to join a conversation every week. It's the Ben Domenech Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. 
Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.